Hello and welcome to this week's Fire Up on the Diamantina Podcast Network. I'm Dennis Carnahan here in Batuta Studio 3C with Chris Gale. Hi, Dennis. And Redfern Pat on the controls. And we're all fired up because unlike Magic Round last week, all our teams have had a loss. But before we get morose and sulky, we need to deal with a new force that's been revealed at play in rugby league. Hate has always been the driving force in rugby league. We heard two weeks ago about pride and disappointment as new forces, but this week it's revealed that there's another new force at play. Embarrassment! Kevy and Wayne are both using it as motivation. Kevy pulled it out pre-game, telling the Ford pack that the way Payne Haas is playing, they should be embarrassed to be standing next to him, the rest of the Ford pack. They then proceeded to embarrass the high-flying roosters. And it's the only time I've ever heard right-thinking rugby league fans in New South Wales cheering for the Broncos. After their 50-point, the second 50-point drubbing of the year, Wayne Bennett revealed he didn't want to use Benji and Dubbo to save him from embarrassment. But hate, pride, disappointment and embarrassment may not be enough to save the game. This week, Peter Volandis has revealed his fear that if Rugby League continued on its trajectory with head hires and lax WHS and player welfare management, the government might shut it down. Where would prohibition leave Rugby League? It's always been a game for misfits and outsiders. Is that the natural course? Scotty Morrison has backed the crackdown, proof that Volandis might be right. So three weeks after the round nine crackdown that failed, two weeks after the magic round massacre where 24 players were charged, we have a weekend where the crackdown led by Elliot Ness, a.k.a. Graham Annesley leads to 29 players being charged, although several of them were just due to uh, the return of Victor the Inflictor from injury. Joey is walking out of the commentary box to watch NRL big hits on YouTube. Isaac Luke is calling for touch footy players. Gus has suggested the NRL don't know what they want the game to look like. There is a collective across rugby league saying, what have they done to our game? So are head highs threatening to push Rugby League into an underground prohibition? Or are the Volandites with their ScoMo-endorsed crackdown pushing the game into a touch football oblivion? Chris Gale, who is ruining our game? Well, Dennis, I'm embarrassed. And I'm embarrassed because last night Gus Gould said definitively, without question, in order to participate in a discussion and answer the questions, the salient questions that you've raised, you got to do the research. And I hadn't done the research. Well, guess what? You've done it now? I've now done the research. What have you found? First of all, I thought it was the players. Because let's face it, Dennis, if you didn't hit them in the head, you stay on the field. Just tackle lower, as Volandis would say. I originally thought it was the players. And no greater a voice in the game than Trent Robinson said, our players aren't dumb. They'll adjust. Well, his players certainly didn't adjust last weekend. And I think it's... I'm not saying rugby league players are dumb. I would never say that. But I don't think they've got the wherewithal to torpedo the very game from which they earn their income. So I'm ruling the players out on this one, The players aren't ruining the game. And then, of course, went to the NRL Mm -hmm. and the Australian Rugby League Commission. I mean, the obvious targets. Peter Volandis. We'll come to him in a moment. You've mentioned the likes of Graham Annesley. What about the referees? The Sutton family. What about Camo? And we salute Camo as the most credentialed and... Most capped. Most capped. Is that what... 
I understand players get capped, but what happens with referees? What do they, they get? Uh, the most whistles. The most whistles. The most whistles. Well, well is, done, Camo. I mean, are we over 2019 yet in the six again call? Are you sending uh, look, him a Christmas card this I've, year? Congratulations. I send him a Christmas card that year. I've always loved Camo. I feel a little bit um, mixed emotions about that because I'm a Harrigan booster. I mean, <laughs> and, and let's face it, I mean, like all rugby league outlets, of which I'm not sure we're one, um, we just quickly want to acknowledge the sad passing of the immortal Bobby Fulton. Mm-hmm. And uh, really, the comment that Bobby will be most remembered for was in a tight <laughs> game between Manly and Cronulla, which Cronulla ultimately won by a point. Bobby Fulton walking past referee Bill Harrigan, who's been, been surpassed by Ben Cummins. He says, I hope you get hit by a cement truck. Yeah, And that is rugby league. So I looked at the officials. I looked at the commission. I said, well, again, they derive income. They, they derive income from the game. It, they can't be responsible for this. Then, of course, you go to the conspiracy theories, the Illuminati that supposedly, and let's I say, clearly exists in rugby league. Well, we're talking Gus. I've mentioned Gus. Robbo. Uh, Robbo, Wayne. Wayne. You know, those coaches on the inner circle. Are there any others? Well, I think I think, I think Junior Pierce is up to this. Junior he's Pierce. up to his elbows. Oh, so when you say Wayne, you mean Wayne Bennett. Not oh, Wayne, Wayne Bennett, Junior sorry. <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, we'll come to that issue of who gets identified in commentary by their last name only or their full name. Mm. But you've really descended into the rugby league pantheon when your first name is mentioned and everybody understands who you're referring to. If I say Wayne, you say Bennett. No yeah, one yeah. says Pierce. No, they say Junior. If I say they Junior. Say junior. Yep. Then I thought it was the mothers, Dennis. <laughs> what terrible things mothers are in rugby league. Is that what you're saying? Because let's face it, mothers determine what their kids do. I was actually consulting a doctor today and he says, look, I'm based on the evidence, I'm not sure I'm comfortable with my child playing football. And I said, they do have some rights. And he goes, not in my house, they don't. Ooh. Right. And by deference, he was saying, not in my child's mother's house. They uh-huh. don't. And so Peter Volandis has been very concerned that mothers, and at least Ricky Stewart had the wherewithal to add, and dads, yep. are determining what activities their children do. And they're just heading them towards screens, Dennis. Devices. Not to rugby league. The research says that the males are wavering. Some females are coming to the game. And mothers will look at the, the devastation being wreaked by the likes of Victor the Inflictor Radley and said, that's not for my child. But then again, I looked at it and said, rugby league is one of the last places where people can legally be belted. <laughs> Parents are no longer able to do that. They can express themselves. And I think they think Johnny or Julie needs to learn a lesson. I think plenty of mothers are sending, where do I sign my child up for rugby league? Momentarily, based on my reading of the press, I thought it was Magda Zabanski, but I've dismissed that. I don't think Magda's ruining the game. <laughs> uh, and I have to agree Really, with these very portentous and concerning words from the overlord himself, Peter Volandis. This is always the answer, isn't it, Dennis? It's the financial imperative and the federal and the cabal of state governments that came together under COVID in the so-called national cabinet have looked at their coffers and they said, we don't get enough of the kick of the Telstra TV deal. We're not getting enough tax revenue from these structures that that the rugby league has established for itself. There's only one way we can get ourselves a fair share of what's going on in rugby league. And that's to follow the model of the AFL and take the game over. Like AFL owns its game. Rugby League is a loose coalition and there's 
virtually no leadership in the top. I think we can agree with that. Yeah, vacuum. Power there, vacuum. There is a vacuum. And Volandis goes, if I'm going to leave a legacy apart from we beat COVID, again, hello to all the people around the world dealing with the pandemic at the moment. And um, aren't you happy that Rugby League is ultimately sending you a solution? He wants to leave a legacy that he's prevented the government from coming in and running the game because we know what the government will do. They'll turn it into, as you alluded to, Oztag. Nothing wrong with Oztag. Oztag. Tough sport. A lot of tough conversations in Oztag. Played by tough people, yep. but it's not rugby league. No. No. So that watered-down, declined version of the game, as you suggested, fight club style, will underground. Send, send rugby league underground. So they'd have to put a they'd have to put a, a, a lid across the top of the new SFS to stop spies from seeing if people are playing or not. Well, uh, you Would might they be, be able to play in the SFS down the road from uh, down the road here from Batuto Studios Three C. There's a big development called the Surrey Hills Village, and they're building the biggest underground coals right in the world. Well, they say Southern Hemisphere, and I'm prepared to accept that it's in the world. Yeah, that is a smokescreen. You think that's an underground rugby league rugby field? Rugby league field. And it's not going to be easy because you think of all the sorts of activities that have been subject to prohibition in the past, illegal alcohol manufacture uh-huh. and distribution, yep. gambling. Yeah, prostitution. Yeah, the, the proud history of the casinos, the Razor Gang era, as you say, prostitution. Mm. The, the and, and Fight Club itself. Uh, other pursuits, cockfighting, for example, and I'm referring to yeah. the, the feathered, the feathered yep. variety there. Yep. Not the image that was conjured up in many people's minds. And if it is, you should be embarrassed. <laughs> These things can be decamped, deconstructed and moved on with the assistance of a couple of good cockatoos at the ready and alert fairly quickly. Rugby league played underground against the law with the cops cracking down as the NRL is currently cracking down is a difficult logistical prospect, but it's a prospect that I'd quite look forward to. It's actually a very appealing prospect. Can you imagine? Not only is the referees, you've got the feds circling, (laughs) as well as the refs, as well as the whistles underground. Rupert could go underground with it. There could be an illegal, like the pirate radio station offshore, a ship with an NEP broadcast centre getting a direct feed from the underground coals in Redfern. Exactly. The bunker is Radio Caroline style offshore. Kenny Everett, if you want to running the show, if you want to jump forward to the future, like in the Thunderbirds, it'd be like Ricochet, the pirate satellite that used to broadcast the music illegally. The the, the jurisdictional issues will keep lawyers employed for decades. I mean, do the referees form part of the Australian Federal Police or part of the local state? The local state police. Police force. It's it's hard to know. And look, all around us are the telltale signs that rugby league is future proofing, Mm. that they're getting ready for what's happening because it's inevitable. Like, Volandis is not going to be able to stop this. He's incompetent. See, I'm, I'm Can I say about, that, Robert? I'm, I'm worried about Volandis right here. Well, I want to come to him very quickly, but I just, just want to simply say on the evidence, open up your papers today. What is South Sydney building? Oh, I know. I know. A centre of excellence. The Heffron Centre, right? What are the Tigers building? A centre of excellence. What, what is a, Brad Parker at Manly Warringah? A centre of excellence, right? What did what did the Raiders open at the start of this year? <laughs> a centre of excellence. And they're not centres of excellence. They're underground fields. We are they're like <laughs> building nuclear bunkers for when this game inevitably, irrevocably, and indisputably goes underground. And I for one look forward to it. And Volantis can do nothing about it. You're suggesting there's an issue with Peter? Well, I'm just worried that if Peter is if he is future-proofing rugby league, if he is planning for the future of rugby league, 
That's very un-rugby league. Yes. That's not a rugby league yeah, we, thing to do. It's never owned an asset in no, its life. No, It's we, not like the AFL, which have, owns Marvel Stadium and half of the Victorian Mornington Peninsula. We much prefer, as we said last week, the patella reflex test. That's right. Or the knee-jerk reaction. That's right. So that's it is a concern. Is Peter okay? Well, no, the human cost, and, and let's face it, this is what's forgotten when we have these healthy debates. There is a human cost here. Mm. And if you just look at the traverse of Peter Volandis, who was brought in by the Illuminati, and we identified a number of the members, I'd probably throw the likes of Hadley if he somehow has got a gig on 360 again as part of that Illuminati. And they said, we want to control this game. We want to control the revenue streams. We want to control the merchandising. We need a figurehead. And they said, well, there's this guy over here in racing who looks pretty interesting. So let's get hold of him and we'll control it and he'll be our voice. But he's out of control. You know, he was bolstered by his one great achievement, which was May 28, Resumption Day, 2020. The miracle. It's a long time ago. In yeah, fact, we're, we're three days away from the anniversary. Wow. Is anyone making a cake or something? <laughs> I'll get one ordered right. immediately. Right. And now he's just, as we know, the first harbinger of doom was the set restart. And we've gone on from there. And to see this man, this proud man, this proud son of immigrants, if I'm getting that correctly, from the Illawarra, who defended bullies, who didn't know a private school except from walking past its front gates, the battler's prince, the working man's hero, who I think three months ago was doing stand-up routines, as we've proven on this particular show, about boring AFL and those sorts of things and how we beat COVID, is now going on the back page of The Astonisher and saying, I'm not Superman. And my family is being trolled on social media and why are people so cruel? That, to me, says that Peter Volandis is destined for C-grade celebrity. There will be a documentary on Amazon Prime called Peter Volandis Behind the Blowouts, A Working Man's Journey. (laughs) And this time next year, you'll see him on Netflix in the second season of The Social Influencers Living Up in Byron Bay because that's his future. Wow. You don't see him on Celebrity Chef or... or well, I don't know. B-grade dancing with the I, Z-grade stars. I, or... look, I, I tell you what, I don't know if he's got any culinary ability, so I probably don't see him on Celebrity MasterChef. I'd love to see him on Dancing in the Stars because they take people of all talents. Mm. And to be honest, it could be time for a reboot of Celebrity Big Brother. And could you just imagine <laughs> the communal breakfast table with Peter Malani's at the helm and doing physical tasks and holding you know, 30% of his body weight up for three hours in order to win the right to exclude other people, which in his world would be rugby league. I believe he could do it. I think I he could. fully believe it. So that, that leads the crackdown. The crackdown, yes. will, it's entered its, its third week. Yes. Although there's only been two active weeks because the referees weren't on the same page and didn't listen in the first week. So like I said in the intro, 29 charges laid this weekend. These things take a while, oh. as we said. They may not be done, but it takes a while. we got more charges this week. But thankfully, Dennis, no yep. send-offs. No send-offs. So we're adjusting slowly. How many, how many sin bins? I've got no idea. Like it was about, uh, if there were 29 charges, were there 15 sin bins, 16 sin bins? Because I did notice one thing, the uh, the Titans game. The mm. ti- was it the Titans-Bulldogs? Did they play? Who played the Bulldogs? You're asking me? I, th- I think it was. <laughs> I think it was the Titans. It was and, the uh, Titans. They... Um, What's his name? Not Jai Arrow. He's gone to the Rabbitohs. The other Jared Wallace. Thought, Jared Wallace. Jared Wallace got a tiniest, the tiniest brushing. A fly, a hair was brushed on his head, 
and he's fell to the ground in fits of pain. And oh, my head, how can I stand up? I can't possibly play on. Got the penalty, got straight back up. No HIA, no taken off the field. Got up with a big cheesy grin on his face and two tries, two plays later, they score. This is the problem, isn't it? That it's it's the inevitable that when they say rugby league players aren't dumb, if people are being sent off for head highs, you make sure you stay down. We didn't know what a crusher tackle was five years ago. Now, every third tackle, a player gets up very theatrically rubbing the back of his head. Oh, yeah. And, and this duplicitous character from rugby league players, which is why we love them, mm. has reached such a pandemic proportion, if I can use those words in these difficult times, that Buzz Rothfield's golden moment of the weekend was Joseph Swaley, and let me come to him in a moment, uh, from what looked like a crusher tackle, getting up and playing the ball without rubbing the back of his neck. And Buzz Rothfield said that that was my best moment of the round. The kid's only 17. He hasn't, but Robbo hasn't had the time with him yet because he's been playing for the Bears. And JT, he, he's not coaching first grade. He doesn't have to get the for rub a on the reason. back of the neck. He doesn't have to teach him the rub on the back of the neck. He'll, next week, mark my words, next game he plays, he'll be rubbing the back of his neck. They, they do love that. But they have um, the words adjustment. Right, okay. So, like, I think that there's a lot of language around the phase that we're going through. Words like adjustment, dumb, consistency, confusion. And let's go to no more venerable analyst of the game than the estimable DJ Hook, coach of the St. George Illawarra Dragons. What did you make of the high tackle interpretation? Some were penalised, some on reports, some simbin, some not. There was a couple of late ones that could have gone either way. How did you see it? Yeah, like that. Yeah, it's... It's confusion. Um, I mean, the tackle on Ramsey, if that had happened in Brisbane last weekend, someone gets sent off. Um, you know, so I said that last week, you know, as long as they're consistent, everyone will be happy. But it's, it's, you see tonight, it's just mass confusion. Um, What's that, that thing that we became the rage on YouTube? That is it DMSR? I don't quite know what the acronym is, but... Like it's like close whispering. ASMR. Thank you. ASMR. There is a future career for Hook Griffin, producing like talking books in his voice in that AMSR thing because you will sleep like a baby if you listen to him for about two minutes. Well, I've got to say the way he talks, you know, I'm, I'm thinking he might be putting up for the uh, jobbers, announcing what the, the what the sixth again is for. Yeah, and and like, don't think that Jack Bird. Great world is good. <laughs> don't think Jack Bird was crying in the dressing rooms after the game for any other reason than he knew that he was going to have to listen to a dressing down from Hook, which is really, really difficult because it's tough for some George Illawarra players to work out whether Hook is happy and pumping up their tyres or actually blowing the crap out of them. Plus, they also have to be very quiet and listen in very closely. What did he say? What was was that? Because Hook is a low talker. (laughs) Hook, the low talker. Speaking of low, it, it turns out that headshots have been going for a lot longer than just this season. We had uh, the the next immortal Cameron Smith revealing this. What the competition has been running? What nine weeks now? They've had a you know a, a long preseason on top of that, and you know during the week there's a there's an edict put out saying that we're cracking down on high contact. Now, as I mentioned right at the start of the show today, there's been contact with the head in the game for a hundred and. 30 years, however long the game's been yep. going for. 130 years. That puts it back to starting in 1891. Now, 
Because the game itself, according to the official records, has only been around for 113 years, correct? Yeah. So that does that put the because it, it was 1895. The George Hotel in Huddersfield is where rugby league. That's the famous birthplace. In fact, it's August 29, if in uh, 1895. Did you know that's the same date? FBI, same date of the year that FBI birthed. That's that's that 1895. 1895. Yeah. 29th of August. Well, what's well, also 29th of August 1882 was of course the first Ashes. That was when the Ashes Memorial is, where it says, you know, English cricket died this day, 18, 29th of August, 1882. So, right. And one more thing that happened on August 29, Ashes, Rugby League, myself. Of course. And the Beatles played their last ever live concert. Shea Stadium? Yes. Oh, uh, no, oh. Candlestick Park, Candlestick Park. Right, okay. And it doesn't count on the roof at that Apple. wasn't a concert. That yeah. was just a, that was just a, trying to blow some steam off. But can I simply say, thank you, and I hope we pass the audition. <laughs> now... So the actual game was born in 1895, is that what you're saying? That's when rugby, well, it wasn't called rugby league at that stage, but the Northern Union, the breakaway with the professional, with where they'd get a match payment, plus there was 13 players, they ditched those stupid lineouts, took the two idiots off the back of the ruck who yep. did absolutely nothing off the back of the scrum so that you could see more ball in play. Those were the crucial things. Payments, so that the working man who got injured would actually have some sort of coverage. If he got, if he got injured, he wouldn't have to go down the coal mines, his family wouldn't starve. That was number one. Number two, make it more entertaining for people to look at. So get those idiots off the field, stop the lineouts. That that was the Northern Union. It became rugby league in 1908. New South Wales rugby league was actually the first time the words rugby and league wow. were put together. Right. So the the interesting thing about that is that all that information you just gave us is clearly incorrect. <laughs> Absolutely. Because Cameron Smith, aka Lucifer, he's immortal. So he was there. He knew. So it. he was copping headshots. And he was saying I was copping headshots 130 years ago. And this means the game has to be rewritten to, uh, for a start. And this is what Volandis is up against. He's not up against 113 years of history. He's up against 130 years of history. And no wonder it's not going his way. And he knows, and he knows the truth because he's an actual mortal who was there. Now, with, with the crackdown, like we said, it was supposed to happen three weeks ago. Yes. And it didn't. No. And so before Magic Round, there was a, pre there was a special Zoom meeting between Annesley and Volandis and the referees to get them on the same page. And there was subsequently another one last week. Now, we have some actual recordings from that Zoom meeting between Annesley and Volandis. If you listen closely, you can hear Annesley's the main talker, but Peter Volandis is in the background. Now you can play Pat. Oh, yeah. Now listen to this. We have to stop players from going high If we want rugby league to survive Players cheat to give away a set restart. We're gonna have to come down hard. I love coming down hard. Now in round nine, we didn't use all the powers we have to choose. Well, so if they defy or whine, we'll play the only way that makes them obey. You know what we need? We need a crack down, crack down. We'll have a crack down. They didn't listen in round nine, so we'll go harder. Round. Crack down, crack down, in magic round. Everybody loves a crack down. Oh, baby, crack it down. <laughs> now, don't get me wrong, this is gonna be fun. Yeah. We're making entertainment, that's what we want. Uh -huh. The crackdown's gonna cause a huge outrage. Ow. Rugby League will be on every page. The media's gonna love it. The fans will explode, although we know Rugby League fans love to complain and moan. Oh. Although 
with the claims at work. It's all just a giant knee jerk. Sin bin, sin bin, we'll use the sin bin. If anyone goes near the hedge, you've got to throw them in the sin bin, sin bin. Use the sin bin, don't be scared to throw two or three in. Throw them all in. We'll use the sin bin more and more off the magic round for sure. Yeah! There were three sin I found right, 25 on report. Woo! 24 face the judiciary. Uh-huh. What a wonderful time to be a referee. Crack down, crack down, we'll have a crack down. They didn't listen in round nine, so we went hard on magic round. Crack down, crack down, in magic round. Everybody loves a crack down. Everybody loves a crack down. Everybody loves a crack down. So there we go. We, we hear what actually happens in the inner sanctum there. And doesn't gee, Graham's got a lovely voice, hasn't he? And Volante's not bad either. Maybe he no. could go on some sort of talent show. Uh, singing with the stars. What was that called? Gosh, I don't know. What about the one, what about the one where they were diving into pools? Remember, that, that that format didn't last too long. <laughs> well, they could do it. was ice skating. I think they had ice skating. Well, there's a celebrity singer who's got the hat, the mask on. He could go in as the horseman. That is exactly right. <laughs> I mean, but it'll be just a giveaway. The mask singer. The mask singer. And the guy comes out in an elaborate seahorse thing and everyone just goes, Peter Valadis. Would we be the first ones to call him the horseman, Pat? You know, when the horseman changed all the rules, what he's done is he's enabled these little players actually to get into the game and actually play footy and not get hit in the back late like was happening for 10 years and people getting their heads torn off and people diving at people's knees. So you've actually got these kids that actually can play footy that we don't coach them. They just go and play, you know, and your heart's in your mouth sometimes, but you just got to let them go. That's Slapper Brown. Yeah, the brown polish. I tell you what, he's got away with words, hasn't he? He's got the little Wayne under his belt <laughs> and now the horseman. I mean, from now, forget Overlord Volantis. I just think horseman says it all. The horseman. Yeah. But he's also, he's kind of abrogating his responsibilities, washing his hands, saying, we don't coach them. They just do it themselves. If they lose, it's up to them. If they win, it's up to them as well. And if I'm right, and that we are seeing the final days of the comet that burned brightly across the night sky that was Peter Volantis, if Rhinestone Cowboy isn't an appropriate song for oh, him boy that's that's something to just uh put in the back yeah. of your mind when he gets on the mic i estimate the within, horseman i estimate by the end of this calendar year he'll go look i came in and the game needed a shot on the arm uh COVID, of course was an enormous challenge that we faced immediately and of course I, I i beat that and i want my legacy to be the removal of the headshots but it's for others to execute and you know i've, I've got the attentions i've got the mothers on side i'm going to hand over the reins to someone else and then he just hops oh. on the horse Rides off into the sunset, up to Byron Bay to the tune of Rhinestone Cowboy. Wow. Yeah, that, that, that's a view into the future right there. Um, speaking of voices, there was, I was doing the, uh, the sound check a couple of times at the game. Because I get to the games early and I hear them. And every time I was trying to set up and trying to get the sound check, they test the siren. Then they test the oven bells. This is the first time last week I didn't hear, because I wasn't at Magic Round. I didn't hear the monk bells, the, uh, the Buddhist... Gong. bells. Very, I was almost immediately asleep when I heard yeah. it. Then I was woken up by this voice afterwards going, rock infringement. And I think that was actually Hook. Yeah, well, now, I think the, that's, was, that's, an anno- that's an immediate suspect, isn't it? Yeah, well, and there's, there's been other suggestions as to who it might have been. There was, I know, Hell, you suggested it was Hell from 2001. No, Hell. hell. You know, yeah, I'm sorry, in- Dave, I can't do that. Uh, 
some of the great voiceover artists of Australian history, like Dal Miles, who used to do Ooh. Pot of Gold with Tommy Hanlon Jr., one of my favourite shows. Max Presnell is another one that comes to mind. Goldman. Uh, Mark? Yeah. Graham Goldman? I think we might have lost there's, there's, him. there's him and his son. His son, his yeah, son he, still he, does His manly. son's still kicking around. I mean, I think this is a research project, and I think what we'll do is we'll uh, source that audio and get the fire up Cognosceni to see if they can work out who actually does the voiceover. And I'd, I'd be saying most likely be Steve Allen. You think the so? The voice of rugby league. He's I, probably just got him. He's gotten up early in the morning. He's had a few shots of scotch, a couple of durries, and he's gone, rocky infringement. He does live at Stadium Australia, doesn't he? Well, he does occasionally travel to other grounds for away games. But sure, if there's sure. a game at a Stadium Australia, no, but he's I mean, there. Th- but I mean, not a, that's, his, that's where he's proven himself. That's where he's best known. That's, that's where, where his bed is. That's right. It's, that's exactly. That's where home. his MC grand final celebration ceremony The day that, they, that the Berejiklian announced, he said, we are not going to knock down Stadium Australia. He was thank God, I'm not out of a home. I'm not on the streets. And I I've always stay thought, in my house. And I always thought for Steve, you know, he's so associated with Stadium Australia and voiceovers. But uh, in fact, he was part of the original proposition when it was built and opened in 1999. And he was so excited. But then he was told by the AOC, mate, you can do the NRL, but you're not doing the Olympics. <laughs> you're not doing the big one. No. And there's been some more fashion statements that we've had. You know, the mullet has been... It's done almost, to death. It's almost fading out It's now. done to death. The, it's the, almost fading yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. And, and what... I remember growing up in, in Canberra, the mullet was a big deal, but there was something more insidious that followed. Do you recall what that was? Yes, the rat's tail. Oh, and I had one. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't a good look. I'm saying circa 1985. Wow, yes. I was still in a mullet. Yeah, I had obviously, a rat's tail. Obviously, fashion hits Canberra you know, a couple of decades oh, later. Oh, I, I was edgy, baby. Sydney, wow. Well, the, the rat's tail's made an enormous return to rugby league. Are, are, there, are there photos of... You in the rat's tail? Mm, I think I've got one. Well, that with a, needs with to a go tri- off. Pat, put that up on the Fire Up webpage. With a, with a yeah. Triple J exploding head, the t-shirt. exploding head. head, exploding head T-shirt. And a rat. But I noticed in rugby league, I don't know if the, I mean, I'm not uh, follically, uh, I don't know, what's the word, follically blessed or cognizant of the right language mm. because is it pleated? Is that, like, the rat's tails, they don't just seem to be just a, uh, like a, a lone hair extension straight. It seems that the current fashion is to grow the rat's tail and then a little plait it in some way. Yeah, yeah. Thomas yeah. McKayley from the West Tigers is a good reference point if you're looking this weekend at what we're talking about. But you know, whatever that phenomenon is that you've never heard about something at all, and then someone mentions it, and then all you see, look at the proliferation of rat's tails out in the NRL right now. Wow, this is the the, the reaction against the mullet. Um, now we've always loved here. Post try celebrations, so let's go. Let's go through this week's games. We had Newcastle and North Queensland, and uh, I understand there's a bit of a problem, Pat, with post try celebration. Barnstorming, 195 centimeters tall, thousand kilos, and that close to the line. Big Lukey in the Monty Python school of funny kicks. So that was young Lukey, who on debut, uh, the 20-year-old scored his first NRL try and then subsequently, after he attempted to boot the ball into the stadium and slipped and didn't really connect. Uh, so another blown post-try celebration then proceeded to burst into tears. Oh, another one. And that audio supplied to us uh, by uh, listening to the show, Droop Dingfield. Droop. Love Droop's work. I think he was one of the original Banana Splits. And he provided that to us on Instagram. And whenever I hear the dulcet tones of Billy Slater, 
I do go back to him being awarded the Wally Lewis medal a few Origin series to go and the immortal words that he uttered. Can you remember them? I don't deserve this. Oh, wow. <laughs> I mean, seriously, his voice could cut through titanium. What an orator. It? I mean... <laughs> I mean, we gave Cooper a hard time last week. <laughs> Billy Slater. Oh, the, the other end of that spectrum. I mean, it feels it feels like when Slater talks, it's like listening to 30 seconds of the old oven bill going continuously. It's that jarring. Speaking of which, I understand that was heard at Central Coast Stadium. It was. So the NRL, let's face it, uh, as we've been going through forensically over the last few years, is under enormous budgetary constraints. We established that the reason why Steve Chitty couldn't how many issues were there to look at during the Parramatta Roosters game? Oh well, there was a there was a head high. Matara Nakore on Tedesco, and then there was knees in the back. Dylan Brown on Drew Hutchison, and there was a possible try. Drew Hutchison and a drop ball. Right, so there were really three. Four. Oh well, I'd say three. I'd say that. No, it's four. Oh, you'll separate say four. Issues. Four separate issues. And he wasn't. There were too much to look at Ooh, because because they're being trained on Pong and Galaxian and Space yep. Invaders, not calling one thing at a time. And God of War and those sorts of things. So they're under budgetary constraints at the NRL. So when they're rolling out a new gong, it's not just a matter of clicking your fingers, my friend. You've got to get out to the broader network of stadiums that we're building around this great land of ours. Central Coast Stadium didn't get the memo. Well, and they've had get... troubles with the council up there. Right. So they just had to play the old tape. They had the old gong. And so I was on edge anyway because the Tigers were doing their usual roller coaster performance and it wasn't helped by the repeated peal of the old oven bell. But you know what? Funnily enough, I was nostalgic for it. <laughs> you missed it after one week. Now, did they have the uh, rock infringement? Yes. They did. That was the first time I heard it. See, because I've heard it at the sound check. Now, my understanding, the reason you used that voiceover is because people are saying, we don't know what they're for. Like, you hear the oven bell, we don't know what it's for. Can you tell us what it's for? Turns out they're for ruck infringements. They don't specify what ruck infringement. Well, this is pretty, for ruck infringement. This is pretty straightforward, Dennis, because if you pay a voiceover artist, and I'm assuming you've done that work at some I stage. Have. yeah, <coughs> I never have when I'm out. The people tell me I've got a voice for it, so, you know, like I'm available. Uh, There's a certain feeling when the lights go down and the big screen comes to life. It's called the magic of the movies. Welcome to the Randwick Ritz. <laughs> Moving into your 70s, but still want an engaging lifestyle, but have problems downstairs. Amco Incontinence Pads. They'll keep you free, comfortable and ready for action. Available at Chris Gale's Chemist, just around the corner from this cinema. I endorse this product and I use it happily and safely. So... If you pay a voiceover artist, it's by the syllable. So oh, yeah. you'll shell out a certain amount for ruck infringement. If you then want to get particular and say inside the 10, that's more money and the NRL doesn't have it. But also you think about chids. You think, you've think got to think about the chids. If he's got four <laughs> buttons to press and there's inside the 10 lying on the ruck holding down the tackle player, if he's got, he's got his, then instead it's like oven bell, ding, ruck infringement. <laughs> <laughs> and the other thing that gets him, why didn't they just get the man with the most beautiful sonorous voice in rugby league? We've talked about Steve Allen, Pff, Jared Maxwell. Oh, yes. The horse. Rock infringement? <laughs> we have a decision. <laughs> so much better. That would clarify things, that's for sure. Absolutely. Always. And then people would probably go, you know what? I don't need to know. <laughs> <laughs> or caps lock, as he's been called. <laughs> So well, it's just I was at the St George and Cronulla game. Do we even want to talk about that? I mean, we can just sort of skate over it. Can't and we? that Saturday, there was yeah. Sydney and Brisbane. Now, for this game, I was I was up in uh, Dubbo. Can I just before we go 
uh, to the Saturday occurrences. Uh, Lynn Gorman is a fan of this show. Hi, Lynn. It was on the Fins Up podcast talking all matters sharks last week, and um, she's a frequent contributor to the dialogue. Not much love for Chad Townsend out there. From from Sharky's fans? Including Lynn. They seem to be happy that he's going. <laughs> Even after the game-winning field goal. And you sort of go, hang on, wasn't he the halfback in the 2016 premiership, premiership and whatever? But that was really one of the more difficult fixtures in recent memory to watch, wasn't it? Oh, it was very, very difficult. And it was hard work for the commentators to try. And get some interest. Create the illusion of excitement. There just wasn't any. Maybe maybe that's why Jack Bird was crying. Quality of the fixture. It quite possibly was. But then it was. Ah, the Bronx. There was a little bit upsetting here. We have established previously that the rugby league gods, they don't like more than one upset in one day. So when I saw that that the Broncos had beaten the Roosters, and what a magnificent thing it was, um, I, I knew the Raiders were gone. There was no chance of them getting that upset. But I was at the pub in the dub uh, with Johnny Gibbs. And Johnny Gibbs is everyone's friend. Everyone's just walking up. How, how they recognise this man. He hasn't got the golden locks. His socks are no longer down around his ankles. He hasn't got the head thrust back and the hips forward running for his life. But people just walk up to him. And if they don't walk up to him, he walks up to them. It was a fantastic night. But we're sitting there watching and the, crowd, the pub in Dubbo, okay, it was largely Souths fans, but there are a lot of Penrith fans and a lot of locals. And they were just yahooing watching the Roosters get beaten. Just absolutely loving it. The cheering, the, the joy. Well, Dennis, mm. I was there. Oh, of course you were. If you go on the Fire Up Facebook page, and you might also want to get on the Twitter feed at Fire Up NRL or the Instagram feed at Fire Up Rugby League. If you go on the Facebook page, you'll see a couple of photos there. And one, of course, is former producer of the FBI Fire Up Radio show, Bronco Reg. Illuminati. Who has come to a number of Broncos Roosters fixtures, fixtures with me, sat with the Roosters fans that I have to sit there as part of my community service order. And he's copped his licks. This was a coming out party like you've never seen. Because <laughs> the Broncos started well, then the Roosters started to click into gear. Three tries from feel, Teddy. You just go, here, goes, we go, here we go. We've seen this script. Thanks, and then Peter. David Mead generates an intercept that sees Bronco Reg go to Lemons up by two <laughs> points and up on his toes. But there's still a lot of confidence. But from then on, the Broncos owned it. And seriously... I looked around and looked at my Roosters mates and they're like the Russian Politburo. They were folded arms and they were very, very stern faces. And it was it, a cold winter in the Urals. It really, really was. But the rest, it's like we talk about going through wormholes under the Volandis era. I mean, the general rugby league public wants to see the baby Broncos, the Kepi-led Broncos, whatever you want to call them. They don't want to see them embarrassed. They don't want to see them embarrassed. And Kepi says you were being embarrassed. And so they took the message and they went out. And you know who they embarrassed? The Sydney the roosters. roosters. Oh, the silver tails. And can the I just real silver tails. can I just make a personal observation about this? I mean, the, the Radley, like how Radley, I, I can't follow the game because, like Hook Griffin, I mean, it's not consistent and it's confusing. Jazz Tavanga in the Warriors games, two head highs, and he's told next time you're off, right? Well, on that line of thinking, he should have been off after the third one. He wasn't, but Radley's got four reports and stayed on the field. Albeit, he did go to the Simbin twice. So, going to the Simbin twice, wouldn't the second one just be off? Like Apparently if you, not. If you're that, not, not, ho- in, not in our inconsistent and confusing game. The whole idea of the Simbin, we discussed it before, there's the inverted U of performance and arousal. 
that when you when you get too aroused, your performance drops off. You need to be the right level of arousal. Victor clearly operates on the other side. He gets too aroused, goes high, so he has to go to cool his jets to bring his arousal levels back down. He doesn't work. He stays aroused. And, and, the, and the thing that will keep you aroused, going to the sim bin at the Sydney Cougar Ground, and I think this goes back to the original genesis of the sim bin, which was two protagonists got a little bit on the knuckle and they put them in the bin to cool them down. So they sent mm. them to the both rooms, right? Yeah. The convention is now, as opposed to other sports where you can just sit there on the sideline, is that you actually have to go back to the dressing room. It is a huge trek from it's the sideline to the, the Sydney Cougar Ground dressing room. You're pretty much, by the time you get to the bin... You got to turn around and come back. So Radley's going. Not only am I off the field, I can't even sit down and relax. No wonder he went ballistic. Did he raise his bat to the crowd as he walked <laughs> off? As he well, went through the members, it was COVID style and unprecedented, uncharted performance. And I loved every minute of it. But can I just simply say? And I've been on the record about my concerns on this issue. But poor young Joseph, I won't rub the back of my head, Sawali. Talk about a boy amongst men out there, Dennis. I mean, he's 17 years of age. Just a kid. He should be studying the HSC, enjoying playing the odd device because he's a you know millennial Just or whatever you want to yeah, say. Yeah, yeah. He should be mixing with his friends. He shouldn't be having to deal with the likes of Matt Lodge, Tavita Pangai <laughs> Jr. and uh, uh, Payne Haas coming at you. Look at Sam Walker. He was bouncing around like a pinball. Oh. And the kid was overmatched. I mean, there'd been so much hype. The hubris of the Roosters to go... We'll pick an easy game in the fixture. Oh, you can yes, just see Robbo, the master strategist. <laughs> the Robbo's, that's a tick, that's a W. The kid was embarrassed. I think he copped a head knock. Oh. Sure, he ran for 113 metres, four tackle breaks. That's impressive. But my understanding, after that display and that lack of care shown by the Sydney Roosters to put a child into that situation, that cauldron that was the SCG and the Broncos, docs are investigating. Well, as they should, because there was there was a promise that he was going to be doing some post match interviews. And he, forty minutes later, he oh, hasn't yeah, done yeah, an interview since he signed with the Roosters. Yeah, now he, I, I actually, I actually, I, I don't mind it. Like he's a seventeen year old kid, protect him from that. But at the same time, if you're saying he's Dennis, good enough for first grade, surely he should be. Dennis, he should be exposed to it. The whole point of the rule, and I don't want to turn this into a football conversation, and I won't. But it was about not your ability to play rugby league with adults, because he can. He can play with the North Sydney Bears. Knock yourself out. You probably will playing with the Bears. <laughs> it's that you're not equipped with the emotional maturity of the NRL, the pressure cooker, the, the harsh spotlight, the cameras focusing on your every move. But if I'm not changing the rules, I'm just introducing an exception to it. Thank you, Peter Volandis. Mm. Well, if he's in, he's in. So he's got to be giving interviews. Don't protect the kid. Because I'll tell you one person. Whilst I'm asking them to protect the kid. One person who on the weekend would be more than happy to play the Joseph Suali card and not do the interview would have been, God love him, Ricky Stewart. <laughs> he really didn't want to be there. And his, it was one of, like, I love Ricky. I know you do. You know I love Ricky. And it was one of his finest. Every question he was asked, he just say back to him. Yeah, they, they stayed in it for a uh, longer period than us. What sort of, can you put it down to anything? What sort of happened after that, that first half? Honestly? Oh, I'll have a look at it again. Is it, is it just a simple case of you're missing a lot of your first choice players? No, 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 it's definitely not that. It's, uh, um, <clears throat> um, I'm not going to look look at that as an excuse. Obviously, you do pick the 17 believing they can do a job, so that's more your attitude rather than looking at 
who was out, who was in, and who, what job they did tonight. Yeah, it's not attitude. It's probably the same thing that uh, is going on with Matt Dufty. This is why St. George Illawarra wants to get rid of him because it's really, really hard to understand. And look, even I, after the couple of weeks that he's had, you know, I want to give him a cuddle. Ricky? Yeah. Well, so we've established, and we're going to play it shortly, Gus Gould saying that every major advance in rugby league has come from Channel 9, mm -hmm. haven't we? Yes. And may I quote... Channel 9 here, the Channel 9, the Wide World of Sports page. Canberra coach Ricky Stewart is yet to provide genuine answers for the Raiders' shocking form slump and alarm bells are ringing. Rugby league great Peter Sterling says, the Raiders have lost seven games in a row. The most recent 34-10 defeat against the severely... Whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, we're calling Peter Sterling a great. I'll accept that. Canberra coach Ricky Stewart, I'll accept that. He hasn't. Why does he have to answer Peter Sterling to start with? He doesn't answer to Peter Sterling. Illuminati. He answers to himself, Ricky. Well, he, and, he's got to learn. And the club. And the club. He loves the club. What about the fans? And the fans. However, what about the Raiders his, have what lost about his seven games in a row. No, Channel 9. They haven't. And you know why Channel 9 think they've lost seven games in a row? Because they never cover. Because Channel 9 don't even watch the Raiders! They won't put them on unless they're in the finals and they hate the Raiders getting in the finals. They have to go to Canberra and they hate going to Canberra because Channel 9 is not a child of the Federation. Channel 9 hates Canberra. Channel 9 hates Rugby League. Well, once again, Dennis, you're wrong because if I go to the record books and I just scroll back and I see Canberra Raiders 20, Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs 18, that's a loss in anyone's language. <laughs> Uh, okay, maybe it was. Well, let's let's move on to something more joyful then. The Penrith Panthers <laughs> beating uh, Redfern Pats Rabbitohs. I was at the game and I was at ground level. We had, it was beautiful. We were full card table on the sideline. Wow. We were metres from the red line. So there's a red line near the sideline and that red line is media don't cross. No one crosses this during the game. Clean zone, zone, zone? No, it's not clean zone. It's touchy zone. Right. So the cameramen aren't allowed to be in there. No one's allowed to be in there. And... Um, we were on the red line, so and we were in the northwest corner. Uh, in the first half, there was four Penrith tries scored there, and in the second half, the Rabbitohs scored a couple there as well. We Can I just say right, token tries? Token tries, yeah, a little bit of um, what's the word for it? Yeah, the last minute try. It's called a huh, not a compensation, a huh, consolation. The That's consolation there you go. try. And I was standing, I was right in line with two passes that were the last pass. So there, 50 metres away from me, is an enormous chin. So I knew who it was. He's thrown this pass, and it was just dead straight, coming at me like a tracer bullet. Well, like a bullet fired from a rifle. The spiralling was amazing. It was straight. It was dead straight. There was no arc at all. It was dead straight. And I heard the oof as it landed in the hands of the player. And seeing them at that level, that close, at that pace, it is just... I seriously had goosebumps. It is awe-inspiring. How fucking fast they are, how powerful they are, and look at it in real time, in real speed, just there. It's terrifying. The poor rabbit hose. Was it uh, Birdo who caught the ball? Birdo? So, Freddie is talking about Origin smoking Matt Burton as a possibility <laughs> for the three quarters. And and we'll probably put this out at some stage on the wires to the fire-up community. We've got to do something about these nicknames. Birdo. Like Birdo. And everything, like Johnny Gibbs, of course, would have been Gibbsy, etc., etc. Yeah. What about Toto Bizza? Brian Toto is called Bizza. Like, do you know why? Because Brian is short for Brian. Oh no! All That's why we've got to do something about. All I know is that he, he should be called um, 
credit to the boys because he every interview yeah, full credit to the boys. he will say I thought I was going to die every week he thinks oh yeah I went for that chat I thought I was going to die and he'll give full credit to the boys not once but twice well he probably thought he was going to die when Herman SASA was coming at him <laughs> yeah that was one uh, th- now I mean we've talked about embarrassment as a theme this week and I think we do need to hear the words of Wayne in relation to Benji what about Benji on the bench the whole game did you think about injecting him no I didn't I wasn't going to embarrass him even in the first half when the score was Well, we, we weren't defending, mate. Benji's not as, not known as the greatest defender the game's ever seen. <laughs> so don't you love the Wayne says, I do want to put Benji Marshall out where we're getting touched up by the Penrith Panthers, prohibitive favourites for the Premiership as we speak, because I didn't want to embarrass him. And then goes on to proceed to embarrass him by describing the fact that Benji doesn't really tackle. Oh, boy. I mean, is that reverse, reverse psychology? I'm confused. I don't know. but I, I, and, and can I just say, I don't think... The problems at South Sydney, and they are legion, but I don't think the problems at South Sydney are that Wayne has lost the room. My genuine concern is that the room has lost Wayne. <sighs> He's embarrassed. <laughs> They've embarrassed him. Uh, there was an interesting known in the first, uh, interesting moment in the first half after the first Panthers try. Um, Ivan Ivan Cleary, I've said it again. Nathan it happens. Was the, the chin was lining up to have his shot at goal from, sadly, from the far side of the field. So I couldn't get a good... I was, what I love is getting the big Sennheiser 416 and when they're really close by, putting it close on and getting that big boom as the ball gets kicked. It's oh, That's that's what gets me aroused. Yes. Anyway, he's on the other side of the field and the DJ has curiously started playing Desperado. Oh, the Eagles classic. The Eagles classic. And there was a lot of people around the ground going, what's going on? Is it... Okay, it was a South's home game, so the DJ's playing some... I don't know what, what it was meant to be. But it kept playing. And it was pretty clear Nathan was saying, he had hands out going, can this stop? I'm trying to concentrate. Now, he's accustomed to people yelling. He's accustomed to people. I think he's a big Eagles fan. Right. And he was he was wanting to harmonise in course. there. And he was just he was thinking about the guitar line. And go, you got to stop this. That, his that TikTok kick, dance was to the Eagles from memory. Exactly. Is that right? Exactly. That kick was his one miss of the game. Ah. He then protested right. afterwards. Well, there's a couple of issues to unpack here before we go to the break. And first of all, it's a pity that uh, Stephen Ferris, who's in the St. George Illawarra assistant coaching uh, lineup, along with Matt Elliott and Peter Jenner. Which is why he can't yeah, be here today. The young men of rugby league. Uh, is that um, the involvement of the DJs in the selection of the music. So the next try that was scored by the Panthers elicited Gloria Gaynor's I Will Survive, which given that it was a South home game was some sort of message to the players. To the players, yeah. We're still in there, boy. By the end, he was playing Ace of Spades Motorhead, which had also got a run out of the old girl the night before. So, But this particular issue recurred in the game you wouldn't have seen, which was uh, Parramatta and Manly, where they did it for Bozo. And uh, at halftime, the Eagles, Sea Eagles had gone in again. And Reuben Garrick, who had a really, really good game, is lining up a sideline conversion. And for, halftime, as like the clock has wound down, and it's been several seconds between the end of the clock expiring and him lining up to take the goal. And just as he proceeds to walk in, the halftime hooter blasts. Now, I, did, I was listening to that on ABC Radio while I was packing up at Dubbo, and I did hear that, and I heard that. And then Michael Carianis, friend of the show, Michael Carianis, So many was, friends. He was saying he couldn't believe it, that they've blown the siren as he walked in. Now, there is... I had this happen in junior league, in under-11s, where the, the, the Barrera Wallabies, sworn enemies of the Asketh Magpies, they scored a try, and they had a kick to level up the game. And I was talking... I was the trainer, I was talking to the boys... A couple of boys were across the try line, were across in the field of play. We were right out on the touchline. 
The Barara boy missed the kick, so we'd won the game. The referee then blows the whistle and says, you are in the field of play, that kick, they get the kick again. If anything happens wrong within the, when the kick is taken, they get it again. And what they did, they put the best kicker. They swapped in their best kicker. Got it. Got the draw. We should have had the dub against the enemies. I, I don't. If that under third, if that thirteen-year-old referee from who happened to be from Barara, if he was at that game, Ruben would have got the kick again. There's so much work left to be done in rugby league. Maybe Volandi shouldn't go because it's just come out on the wires that he said it's all good and we don't need to be concerned about the government. Fantastic. majority of it, 99% of it, the, the innovation in the game and broadcasting has been brought on by Channel 9. Uh, I'm not going to answer any questions, I've done my job. Thanks. Fisher Harris giving away the penalty there for the late shit. I've been covering football for decades and I did not... What do you got for us, Pat? Big debut on the weekend. You might have heard about it in the news. Was it you Long... on the fader? Was that... <laughs> Is Young Lukey for the Cowboys? <laughs> no, big, big debut. Oh, been. Is, been talking about it Suwali? No. No. Spud Carroll. Oh. Spud Carroll. Is he Spud, back? Spud Carroll running the sideline for Fox Sports. Wow. He's the, been doing second grade for a long time. He's been at New South Wales Cup. New South Wales Cup. Yeah. yeah. Knock on effect cup. Knock on effect cup. cup. Oh, by the way, can I simply <laughs> say, prior to going out to the old girl, I was at Henson Park for a very attractive 44-26 to 26 win for the Newtown Jets over the St. George Illawarra Dragons. Very good. Spud, of course, is famous for giving us this this jam. I look at the uh, the back three today. Um, they say in life you're gonna have a great great back three. In life you need a great back three. <laughs> Words to live by. I'm a huge Spud booster, by the way. I'm loving his work. Well, yeah, I, love him. I would probably be just as bad running the sideline. Probably worse. Um, he has given us this. Um, he has given us a new uh, a new piece. Oh, Andrew, I'm loving being sore and seeing how hard these guys run. Campbell Gillard finally doesn't turn his back, hits the front, quick play the ball. But my favourite, I call him the energizer man. Nathan Brown, he's got double deeps. He runs from the back fence. How good? He's got double deeps. Oh, wow. That's a, that's a big battery. So and, only 1.5 volts, but they have a lot of amps. They're, they're your strong ones. They're your big ones. I was watching that game with my... Mate Stephen Ray, who once featured in a batteries ad where he's a tall gentleman, Stephen, and he played Frankenstein. And uh, the bride of Frankenstein's batteries ran out on their wedding night, so he had to race and go get the 
the new Ever Ready's or, or what they were. And we we're having a lot of discussion about it's really the Energizer bunny. Yeah. It's not the Energizer man. It's no such thing as an Energizer man. No. Know. But I still forgive Spud for any mistake that he makes. Do you know how to spell his name? S P U double D. Double D. There you go. Double It also brings to mind a joke that Benny Hill once did. Which I'm not going to repeat right now. Right, I'm. I'm gonna. We're getting Spud on the show. <laughs> I'm Candy. We're getting. I think we can like, get Spud on the show. I like him. Like I got no. I think he's a good. Yeah, good he guy, was. Oh, I love him. He came on fire up impromptu once. Uh, Jeremy Halpin, who was out from Sweden, walked past Spud's gym and go, "I'm on fire up on Friday." And Spud goes, "I don't know what that means," but he goes, "Will you do a phone interview?" He goes, "Of course I will." Yep. But if you are accusing me of of nitpicking or or anything, I think there's a couple other people who had a bit of a uh, problem with his commentary. Now really? That was his co-commentators. <laughs> this is like it. This is a supercard of every of every uh, interaction they had. Mark Carroll joining the Fox League commentary team today. Pension card at the ready. Mate, they need to bring back the 18, the 21 mil aluminium studs, and you wouldn't be slipping anywhere. I think Mark's pitching up for a boot endorsement somewhere. If I wore 21 mil studs, I would have had to do high knees to get them out of the ground. Love seeing the turbo at full flight. Yeah. I think that's Spud giving himself a rap. Cooper, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Origin, where we, we've got uh, State of Origin in three weeks' time. The intensity is three times this game. Mate, we're going to be nine versus nine. Yeah, Spud, it's up to the players. I, I don't think the commission's going to change and these players on a bigger stage like Origin need to adapt. <laughs> the big issues covered by Mark Carroll today on Fox League. Where are the flags? Mr. Volandis, where are the flags? It's... Oh, it's an old front row. You always get hairs on the back and neck when you see a bit of a, what they call a melee, but it's amazing how many Louis Vuitton and Chanel handbags come out in those sort of situations. Gee, you can drop a sponsor. <laughs> Double D batteries. <laughs> I think they're big ones. Oh, they're, they must be real big. I've heard of double A's. They're not about double D's. We are talking batteries, are we, Mark? Here's Kepi outside the there. 20. Bossy doing his own media watch. I'm telling you, uh, so much value there. I'm heading out to Bankwest Stadium to see the Tigers take on the Eels, and I'll be looking at the top of those goalposts and see if there are any flags. flags. The beautiful thing that we could hear, like, you go into high school, you're in year seven. Okay, you've, you've gone through and, and in Canberra, the year 10s are the big kids. And the big kids all bully the year 7s. They all At Campbell High, we had the bird bath. There was this communal hand-washing thing. And the year 7s all get their heads dunked in there. And the, all the mean things happen. But then as you grow up, as you, get, as you get to year 10, it's incumbent upon you to put the other kids' heads in the bird bath. And there we had Cooper Cronk, who's been the butt of all sorts of bullying and jibes. Suddenly, he's not the new kid anymore. And he sounds so much more lucid. He's using the big words. He's actually not stammering. He didn't he's have the mouth in the middle pauses that was pointed out at media. <laughs> Last he week. was loving it. That's all he needed to get rid of the pauses. That's why they brought Spud in. By the way, I don't want to specifically reference that Benny Hill joke, but hearing the uh, the back and forth going on about the they double A's and the double they were doing it. But simply, there, there was a, a 10 CC track called "I'm Mandy Fly Me," and that might uh, tip you into the. How Benny did 10 CC get their name? Uh, yes, I know exactly how they got <laughs> hey, their name. What do you got? What else you got? Yeah, Pat? can we also talk about how Steely Dan got their name? Maybe <laughs> what, not. What else well, you got? Pat? Just to finish up on Spud from a second grade game, he's got a solution to all this rock business. Mate, in our day, there'd be probably 
15 punches thrown by now, and then it'll be the end of it. But that's it. For all the for all the concerns we have with the game, for all the uh, disappointment that I feel about the insertion of Ray Hadley into the television lineup at 360, Spud Carroll gives me hope. Yes, and, <laughs> and get him on this show. And now from us, time Spud. to hear from the fans. Yeah, Let's flaming feedback. Any new facts about Shane Jackson? I'm going to have to just start doing some research on this. But um, have, I, have I told the, the time where I saw her live and she cried for more than five minutes? I told that story. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I'll, I'll need to do some uh, work on that. We'll edit, we'll edit one in. Well, I can very controversially, she did, at the height of her career, appear on the cover of the Rolling Stone with her partner of the time with his hands around her naked chest, mm. presaging the nipple controversy nipple with gate. Justin... Timberlake at the Super Bowl, so a little little piece of data as well. I can tell you, her brother Michael was born on the 29th of August. <laughs> same they've as been, they've been sitting on that same, same as myself, same as the Ashes, same as rugby league, same as the Beatles last. Concert. You know, you know how I feel about learning all that news, Dennis. Woo, shimmo. Woo. Facebook and Instagram fire up rugby league. Twitter fire up NRL. We uh-huh. had Stuart Marla send us in Nico Hines' Wikipedia page. Okay. And of course, yeah. he grew up on the Brisbane waters in Gosford. Oh, Brisbane! Iconic waters. Yes. That's in Queensland. Well, because I got tweeted this week by Chris Choppy Close. Yeah. Where, where Choppy has said, uh, Nico Hines grew up in Gosford. That's close enough to the border. Welcome to Queensland, son. Hashtag state of origin. And he's tagged. I've been tagged in it. Thank you, Choppy. Um, yep. Good stuff. Uh, we also had uh, Ben McLeod send us in a, a clip of. Paul Crawley, who we missed last segment, saying talking about the uh, iconic Knights prop from the very early nineties. Mark the neck, Glanville, <laughs> instead of Mark Granville. Glanville. Other way around. Sorry, other way around. Other I way did around. It. I'm on Media Watch next week. You're on Media Watch next Shoot. week. You're on every week. <laughs> now the thing is that, that love the feedback, but if we're going to pick up Paul Crawley on everything he does. We're going to struggle I'm, to keep this podcast oh, under a week. I thought you said week. I'm in the hot seat. No, we're going to struggle to, pod, to, to keep this podcast under a week. We're trying to keep it under an hour for you listeners, but we're going to struggle. So we, um, we're talking about Gus. He's had a couple of shockers um, on the socials. A lot of people talking about his kook, Gosh Adamas, Ashnaught. Terry Bull said, to be fair, the life and times of Gus has provided plenty of content for Fire Up. It certainly oh, has. Yeah. We jumped that shark long ago. 100%. In other news, I've just bought his book. Good as gold. Good as gold. So, wow. um, secondhand bookshop. How much? Uh, it's too much. If you'd only asked me, Pat, of course, in my rugby league I library, yeah, I have a copy. Up? How have you never talked about this? We like every week. The, the planning of fire up is. Oh, what has Gus done this week? You've never thought to say you've got his book. There's nothing memorable in there. Adam says uh, on um, on terrible predictions about Channel Nine letting Voss go, and Voss yes. is now the number one caller. Simply, Matt Dillon said about Vonnie. Channel 9 let her go. Yeah, now there's she's a trend there. The, yep. Jake Duke, he's gone. JJ. Jake Duke, I love Jake Duke. Jake Duke. Oh, yeah. I, you know I, he's a fan of the show? He loves the show. I actually, I didn't mention it to him, but it, I, I was at the urinal with Dubbo. I realized JJ was next to me and I was like, oh, it's JJ. I'm, you can't speak to someone at the urinal. Didn't speak to him. Is that right? I have no trouble. Oh, I, nah. I mean, I don't want to... Um, I don't want to embarrass I don't want to gild my own lily, <laughs> but... <laughs> I was I was in the uh, uh, Access All Areas part of the Future Music Festival and I found myself next to the urinal with Felix from Basement Jacks. And my partner Mary Jane and I had caught the Enmore show in Sydney prior to being, you know, Hey Now, which is the group I was in, was playing the festival uh, up in Brisbane. 
And I said, Felix, I just want to say, look, while we're at the urinal, we go, terrific show. But when you came out from behind the console, the dude wears your head out, you threw a half full water bottle and a collected Mary Jane on the arm and it was quite badly bruised. And he looked at me and he goes, we're missing one of our singers tonight. And I said, I'm your man. And I went on and sang backing vocals for Basement Jacks. You're kidding. It went off. Part of that story is not true. <laughs> oh, was it a, a, a not a, a APRA? And, and by the way, it's very uncomfortable when you're at a urine and you say to another man, where's your head at? Yeah, <laughs> sure. Well, I was, I was the only time I've spoken to someone at a urinal was at an ARIA Awards and uh, I was there. No, not ARIA, APRA. I said it again. APRA Awards. And um, next to me is Murray Wiggle. It's like, what are you going to do? So I'm having a chat to Murray while we both you know, whiz together. And uh, we ended up having a great night together because the the conversation started was, I'm going to see you boys tomorrow at the Hornsby RSL. Right. And he's a great rock and roller. Oh, yeah. But he doesn't hide the fact that he's the red wiggle because generally when I see him at a, at a rock gig, he's in a red shirt. This is, he loves the red. Let's loves get back to Pat. What else have you got for us, Pat? We've been talking a lot about Paul Crawley. Yeah, we do. Todd Slater says he's the NRL's proclaimed best thinker. Yeah. Roden must be threatening. I, might, I imagine he means French sculpturist. Yeah. Correct. Yes. The thinker sculpture. Correct. Rodin. Yes. Yeah. Well, I, oh, that's why that is. Yes. <laughs> I googled Rodin or Rodin. I went to Rodin. the Rodin Museum in Hakone, north of Tokyo. Because he's famous uh, mm. Japanese. Sculptor. And I know nothing about art. But surely you know something well, now because he me. went to that. More than me. Mm. Well, I, I would, it'd be nice to get Paul Crawley in a Rodin pose, in the thinker pose. I'm assuming that at the height of his fame as the game's greatest thinker, someone did do a meme of that with of Ricky. Ricky superimposed on that statue. Hopefully no one's done it for well, Crawls yet. I'm yeah. going to do it right now. I'm, I'm doing it tonight. Anyway, yeah. what else have we got? Corey Liam. Corey. Hey, Corey. Had one of the uh, the comments of the week. If you ordered rugby league analysis on Wish, Paul Crawley would, deli- would be delivered to your door. <laughs> <laughs> would he be the driver? <laughs> <It'd> be- <laughs> My favourite of the week, though, Blake Ronson, friend of the show, on Gus Gould, says he hasn't forgiven him for freezing Han Solo yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but Han Solo gets rescued. He's got to watch the next film. Tell him he's got to watch the next film. <laughs> it's all good. Don't worry about it. <laughs> the old routine is you're walking out of the theatre like they did in The Simpsons. So, Vader was Skywalker's father. Um, uh, no! Now, is that it for your... That's it for me. That, that oh, that's well, let's let's got, go to Chris's correspondence. correspondence. Corner. First of all, I've got a all couple capital of... capital case. And, and again, I'm conscious of the time, but I've got a couple of apologies. First of all, I want to apologise to Graham Bradley, who I said the Penguin was part of the 91 Premiership winning Panthers team. Didn't play for them at that particular game. Ouch. And I couldn't remember. Well, don't the spoil in- that because I'm just starting Gus's book. <laughs> did, did he? Did he call in and say, "Hey"? <laughs> no, I self-regulated. Right. No. And uh, and I couldn't remember who invented television last week. And of course, it immediately occurred to me when I was in bed, John Logie bed. Now I was at the old girl on Friday, on Saturday night, and fan of the show. And he and I bump into each other quite a bit. I saw Hanan, as he's named, doing a wonderful tilt at the uh, Hot Chip concert just at the end or just before COVID shutdown. And wasn't he came that, up to, wasn't that fun? Yeah, it was. Well, Pat was on fire that night. I can tell you, um, romance, drama, intrigue. I had to go DJ after that, and then I had work on Super League. At, like it's either six or seven the next morning. I was crook as. It's your favorite band, isn't it? They're up there. Yeah, they're right. I think up they're the best live band in the world. Yeah. And Hanan came up to me. He goes, "I've just got one complaint." And I said, "What? No Ferris and Cal?" And he goes, "No, no, no, no. The seventeenth NRL franchise should be made up entirely of Hopawatis." There's enough of them. Yeah. I they're, mean, one, it's, they're one down. Yeah, it's 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 not a bad idea. And if you think about the Falau, T-Rex, Palmer, Southport, oh. Tigers tilt, 
and you could bring those together. So if we've got a couple of Hoppartis unavailable because they're incarcerated... Bring Izzy in. I think we're... You're onto something there, Hanan. We really appreciate the contribution. And wasn't it great to see Hopper in a customised finger hoodie turn up to Jamil's court appearance? Now, I want to disappoint Dogstar and say we as three people need to think harder on this issue as mm. to why certain players are identified by their full names and commentary, some identify by their last name only, and in very, very special occasion, occasions, the man who supposedly walked out of the Roosters-Broncos game, the eighth immortal Joey Johns, are identified Ray Warren style by Andrew first names. I think I want to dedicate some proper time next week to go through why this happens. Why some people get called by their last name by the commentators, why sometimes the full name. Well, you're not going to waste a name like To'o by calling him by the first name. Right. But but saying To'o on its own is not enough. So it's got to be Brian To'o. So he's right. There's, that, that's a double. Yeah. So Dogstar... What about we the rare ke- instance of getting your initials? So you've got like SBW, JWH or whatever. And the initials got, the rare initials point. of like it's, going it's, down it's to two initials. It's actually not that rare because you've got Jason Tomalolo, Jason Taylor, uh, But there's Jonathan only one of them Thurston. JT. No, they're all JTs. I know that... There's, there's, there's like six of them. What about GI? Is he the only, only non 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 He's he's the only one. I, I, one GI. By the way, I can immediately go Tamo, Thurston, Talmalolo, Taylor without even thinking about it. There's so many JTs, and so that's a great call. We need we do. Yeah, so we really need to do. I think you've got that. Um, everyone knows Giselle. Like her surname's Butchkin, but Giselle. L, the supermodels. Well, yeah, yeah, I know. That's a, that's a broader discussion. But how Kylie. does it relate it, to it rugby relates league? To rugby league. It's the supermodels that get the Kylie. Is there a player Kylie. that would you don't just need be to one? If I say Kylie Cooper. You're not going to think. Is there a player that's going to be like just one letter? So like Cameron Smith will just be C. <laughs> Joseph Swaley will just be J. Yeah, yeah. yeah that'd, be, that'd be really cool. So we've got more to run on that one. And finally, listener and long-term fan and last year a guest in this very studio. And we're opening up in the coming weeks this Fire Up podcast two guests. Gladys kept us locked up. Yeah, Gladys wouldn't let us go <laughs> straight away. And Spud's you know, hopefully first cab off the rank. David Garnsey who says in order to keep up with the show and he's not missing anything, he started to watch 100% footy, but his impressions early on are not good. Gus Gould last night said, how great was it was for the Panthers to take an NRL game to Dubbo on the weekend? <laughs> and of course, it was a South home game. <laughs> Remembering and, in Gus's world, the Panthers do everything. That's right. They, they won the grand final. Including the 2020 grand yeah. final win. Yeah. And at one point, apparently Gus said, there's not a kid in Western New South Wales that doesn't want to be a Panther. Hmm. Uh, uh, what else did he say? Um, his rant against officiating, and he went he went off about the Victor Adley thing, and certainly went to our game, and even went to not the game as I grew up and loved. Oh. Uh, David says listening to Gus rant about the officiating is a bit officiating is a bit like listening to Joel Fitzgibbon talking about energy policy. Is it is it possible that Garnsey himself rants? Oh, he, he well, this is a long <laughs> bit of feedback. This dissertation, and finally, and it's a very very good point. When they give their tips at the end of 100% footy, they only tip the games that Channel 9 is covering. right? And the theory, as David puts it, if we don't mention it, nobody will know it exists. And maybe therein is the final answer to the issue about the crackdown. If we stop talking about it, it just will happen. Wow. I think with that, we'll say we're fired up with Chris. Thank you. Redfern, Pat, thank you. We'll ba- but there's got to be one more thing, hasn't there? I'm confused. Yep. And I wish it was consistent. Well, I'm proud, but I'm disappointed. disappointed. I'm embarrassed. 
I think that is a disgrace.